0: Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So introducing Vicki Higgins' Bello. Did I say that right? I said it wrong. We had to ask you. You said it right. Bello. Okay. I never want to assume because, you know, wherever pe- where you live, what country your name comes out of, you don't want to ever assume to say it right. So, Vicki, that- I reached out to you because I sort of met you at the Bluebells Forever reunion in Paris last August, because we were in that wonderful um, dance class on the Lido stage, and there's only 20. So we were talking before, it's very different than when you're in that huge room, trying to find people you worked with or a massive sea of beautiful women and there, whoever they brought with them. But that dance class felt very much like our little bubble and felt really sacred and special. And I just remember you killing it out there. And also that like, damn, she's in super good shape. So I started following you on Facebook. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. She's a personal trainer, fitness instructor, and, uh, Yeah. So I reached out to you to ask for for an interview and you said, oh, I wasn't a bluebell. And my response was, that's okay. And then we didn't talk again. I'm like, oh, maybe that meant that's okay. I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) What I meant was that's okay. We would love to still interview because you came to the bluebell reunion, but you were not a bluebell. So let's, let's start there. Like why and what, what brought you to that reunion? And then we'll go backwards what brought me
1: to the reunion just to see everybody really because I I had friends obviously that I worked with at the Moulin Rouge that passed over to the Lido afterwards um it was yeah I just wanted to reconnect I mean I've got a strong connection with Paris since the Moulin Rouge anyway so I do like to visit when I can you know and it's been quite consistent over the years since I've been married and um yeah I just when everybody, it was actually another Moulin Rouge dancer that put it out to me, um, contacted and said, there's a reunion, would you like to go? It's open to the Moulin Rouge as well as the Lido and there's going to be other dancers there that we danced with. I said, "Yep, sure, put my name down, let's go. So yeah, that's why I went. That's why I went and, you know, made some new friends, met some old friends. It was just, it was a brilliant experience.
0: So did you go both nights? Because I know one night we went to the Lido show and the second night we, a lot of us went to the Mulan. Did you go to yeah. both nights?
1: Well, we arrived actually on the Friday. So we had a night free. So the first night we went off to the Nouvellev. So that was always fun to go and watch. We always loved that show. And then uh, I think Saturday we all met up, didn't we? We all went mm-hmm. to the Lido to get our badges and meet up. And was it Saturday we did the class? I can't remember. or Sunday.
0: I think it was Sunday we did the class, we did the um, Eiffel Tower pictures, and I think the yeah, show, I think Saturday everything was... was... the Eiffel Tower picture, wasn't it? And yeah, the then we all had an evening
1: right free. Yes, because Saturday we went to the Crazy Horse, so I mean, it was jam-packed, oh, wow. so we did four shows, four shows in four days, I was shattered.
0: But I was, did not know so those good. existed I want to redo yeah. the reunion now that I've met so many of you and I would yeah. definitely want to go see those other two shows because well, we had
1: connections was... we had connections um obviously I knew the people that owned the Nouvellev and I had a connection in the Crazy Horse as well so we was really lucky to get discounted tickets and go and see those two shows before the actual main event so yeah um then it was uh Sunday it was the dance class which I was blown away with. Got the emotional afterwards yeah. actually because just makes you realise that you can still do it. Well, I, I think you know, like you said, I killed it. But yeah, you know, you I did. enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. It was it was brilliant. Um, yes, yeah, so I got a little bit emotional after that because it just makes you want to sort of like do it all over again. But you yeah. know, obviously you can't, can you? Because things are different. And then after that, it was the Moulin Rouge. So, yeah, I was there for four nights. You packed all that
0: up. in. packed <laughs> it all in. Wow. Yes. So you're in England right now. Whereabouts in England? I'm in Essex. South Bend on Dons- Steam. Es- oh, did you grow up there? I did. So what was that like? When did you start out early as a dancer? No, it was was... I
1: was really? late. I did. I used to do this thing. My mom was really worried about me. So when music... They never realized they thought that she took me to the doctors, actually, because she really thought something was very wrong with me. Because every time music came on the TV or music was on um, on the radio or anything, I would sit in my chair and I would just rock forward and back like this. That's all I did. Just rock forward and back. And I used to get really into it. And she used to say, oh, my God, there's something wrong with her (laughs) because it didn't look quite right. (laughs) I did <laughs> she, took, she took me to a specialist and said no you know have you tried dancing you know <sighs> since it actually comes when the music comes on maybe she needs to go dance lessons um anyway this this carried on for a little while before she did take me dancing I was about nine years old before I started dancing so before that I started off in little church halls in disco dancing classes but you know obviously you didn't get any exams or any recognition for it there was nothing there but um, when I was nine she said enough's enough I'm gonna take her to a serious dancing school and <laughs> so I got my I got my ballet training, my tap training, my modern training, my jazz training and you know for sure soon after the rocking stopped on the chair. <laughs> So, really yeah so you know I don't know where oh, that must from.
0: have helped because I think there's yeah. like there's soothing in that you had rhythm because yeah. I had to say that a lot of like the Lido, a lot of these shows owe some of these doctors a thank you for all the careers that came out of one interview she had polio and so they put her in dance to strengthen all the different ailments like I was super clumsy and shy so I was put in dance for that there's some that just wanted to dance but a lot of us have stories that like it was always well, in
1: me but people and I was renowned for doing it whenever people kids had birthday parties that like, you bring in the rocker and they were like really? well, is Vicky coming I was like, make sure you oh. keep all your chairs out the way because you're just sitting in a chair and rock that's what I used to do so, oh yeah. my
0: gosh okay this I is haven't... so sweet and wonderful and odd and that makes it all this more much... it's not like all all of us were born as swans with one long, long legs and beautiful no. ready to go a lot of us have these awkward wonderful but look it got you a dance career i know wow. it did
1: it did and I, I mean i was nine years old so that's quite late isn't it for i mean really some people they start their kids very young and they work them way the way up and For me, I was nine years old and I just remember going into this dance class full of babies and I was like, "Nope." Oh, great. I looked at my mum. I said, I can't go in there. They're like three and four and five years old and I'm nine. So just go and do it. And I did it. And then the teacher came out and said, she's a little bit old for this class. I'm going to move her up because she's got potential. So I got moved up to the more my age and that's where it started. So.
0: What was it got, like for you? Did you fall in love with it or was it hard? Straight or? away. I just, straight away?
1: Straight away, yeah. Cause I always remember um, putting on my ballet shoes for the first time. And I really thought they were the real thing, you know, what ballerinas wore. And, you know, when I was, I remember she got us running around the room like butterflies with our arms flying up and down. And on our tiptoes as well, and I actually thought, i went, oh, I'm a real ballerina. I'm actually doing this, and I got really excited. So yes, it's it sort of like it really brought it out in me. I was really—I'm happy when I dance. I still am happy when I dance.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm. Wow. So did you continue all through your schooling years to take dance class just as an extra thing, or was there any intention of? I went. It? I went.
1: No, I went every night after school. I was doing maybe two or three classes uh, an evening. It would be, you know, two back-to-back ballet class and then maybe finish with a tap class and then uh, all day on Saturday doing modern and jazz. Wow. The only thing that I didn't do was the singing classes. I cannot sing at all, so (laughs) you don't even (laughs) want to hear me. It's terrible. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I... took it quite seriously and I got all my exams. I went all the way up to advanced, uh, from primary all the way up to advanced level. Um, and then I, um, when I reached 17, we did shows as well. So our teachers used to, uh, she got us used to the stage. She used to hire out the local theater and our put on amazing shows. And I just, I just loved being on the stage and I just thought, this is it. This is what I want to do. I want to, I want to carry on with that. You know, that's where I felt at home and where nobody could sort of like say anything to me. I was in my own little bubble and doing my thing, you
0: know, I loved it. Did your parents encourage it or was it just like, this was your thing that you found? No,
1: not really. She said, well, you know, it started off, I think my mum was hoping it would just be a hobby I don't yeah. think she actually realized that it was going to go <laughs> all the way. So, you know, mum, uh, with the with the cost of the classes and the tuition and everything, it was um, mummy, my dad had a really good job, but um mum wanted me to succeed. So, and she was always a housewife, you know, because dad he had quite a good job. He used to work for Fords, you see, as um a personnel manager and he got to travel everywhere, massive job. Oh. Um but mum felt that she needed to do it for me because it, I think it, she's always loved that. She loves the ballet. She loves watching it. She loves shows, you know. And I think she sort of like felt proud, you know, that one of her kids was doing it.
0: Yeah. And that
1: maybe one day she might get to see her on some grand stage. And, you know, she did. She was, mm. she was, um, she was super proud. So mum actually went out and got herself a little part-time job so that she could help pay for my tuition
0: and then I took
1: it over I know I took it over when I was um how old was I 17 I had a little part-time job and started paying myself because mum had done enough for me you know Mm. and then I finished off and I just went for my first audition and I got my job
0: what was your first audition and how did you even know what was out there (laughs) Like, did you look in the papers looking for auditions? Because yeah, sometimes got, people have no idea how to even find a job.
1: No, well, no, we're quite lucky with my dancing teacher actually because she used to prep us for this kind of thing. She um, always told us to buy the stage. We have a newspaper called The Stage and that's where the local adverts would be. And, you know, I'm like 45 minutes away from London on a train directly to London and it, you, you have to go to Covent Garden to go to Pineapple to do the auditions. That's wherever I went. And um, so I used to hop on the train, I used to do my hair, my makeup, get my lid tied up right up, you know, fish <laughs> my heels, makeup. Oh, you but were ready. Day, wow. I mean, back in the day it was big, big hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got, I don't know if you've seen one of my pictures, but I had a mane. Um <laughs> and it was it was red. So um Yeah, so I made quite an impression when I walked in and I did the class and passed the audition. So yeah, I used to go to Pineapple for those. Um, And the first job that I got was with a company called Showgirl International. Uh, I think um, she was an ex-Bluebell girl. Uh, Like I said before, Anita Crookshank, but I don't know. Some people listening to this will probably know of her, but that's all I knew of her. And she, she started her own dance troupe. And I think, I remember we had our rehearsals in Paris, um, two weeks in Paris before we flew to Athens to do a show. And it was my ultimate dream to be a showgirl. And the costumes were incredible. I mean, the stress and the diamond teeth and the feathers and everything. I was just super excited. And the show itself was incredible. I thought, this is it, I'm a showgirl. So my first job and hmm. then I went out to Athens and when we got to Athens the venue that we were actually working in it it was more we were the filling it wasn't a show just for dancing we were a filling so they would have singers come out and then whilst they're getting ready for their next act would come out and entertain kind of like you know with the Lido whilst the Lido is the main show you have your dancers, and then you have your attractions come out while they're getting ready for the next thing that's what we were in groups. oh okay <laughs> okay so um yeah and it turned out that it was a rock show so feathers and diamonds didn't actually go with the show so we had two weeks to change it around and make it funky um change our costumes and yeah, we did it and I stayed. I stuck with it. I stayed in Greece two years and had some very good um, dancing jobs out of it, met some real good people. So, did you go around
0: that- to different islands or were you like mainly in Athens or no? I was mainly based in Athens. Okay, mm. what a beautiful place! I've only been there like a little bit in Athens and a few islands, but that was always my dream place. So, if I had known there were shows in Greece, I think that would have probably been my top choice how did you have a, a life of leisure or were you working the whole time or did you guys get to experience Greece while you were there?
1: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Used to, used to be out till all hours in the night. <laughs> you don't even want to know it'll make your hair curl if I told you some of my stories, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I was only 18 at the time. So oh, man. Yeah, it was, it was a wild time, but you know, enjoyed it. Yeah
0: what did the Greeks think of the show? Cause I know like in Paris, there is like this esteem for the dancers and I've worked other places that we were like minor celebrities and other places had no idea we were there. What was the, the locals reaction oh, to they, you guys? They
1: appreciated us. Um, the problem with Greece is when they appreciate you, I don't know if you've ever been, um, have you been to Athens? Yeah. Just for a short time. So have you, you haven't seen any shows over there? No, no. So when the Greeks appreciate you or they appreciate the singers, they have this thing where they have plates, which are covered in tin foil and they cut the heads of chrysanthemums off of flowers and they place all the flowers on these plates. And as a sign, and they cross the bomb. So whoever's in the audience, there was the signal to the flower lady I want you to throw flowers at that girl's feet or at the singer's feet, and you could be in the middle of dancing, like doing your thing. I mean, all of a sudden, this lady comes and chucks a plate of flowers over your head, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And you're on got- stage, on stage, literally. That's oh my what gosh! They do. I've
0: never. Heard- I thought you were going to say they broke them or threw them, but at flowers. No, wow. no, 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 no. Then and they- you have to keep going go and not. Stage, and then they would pour them over you. And
1: then they would point out the person in the audience who sent you the flowers. It used to happen a lot to me.
0: Oh my gosh, was that also kind of like, hey, I want to meet you after the show kind of a thing? Kind of, yeah, kind of like that. But I mean, I
1: had I, I, I had a boyfriend back then, so okay. you know. Oh. I was I was sorted I was like no
0: thank you <laughs> I have never heard that oh my gosh that and a rocker okay Vicky you've already like shown me parts of showbiz in this world and growing <laughs> up to get what got people into and it's so unique so you didn't get to have your feathers and I'm curious what did you like in the ad I want to say advertisement but we would say advertisement but your advertisement in the stage was there a picture of the bluebell dancer so you had seen kind of what that showgirl glamour was no
1: it just it just gave a it gave a what my first job you're
0: talking about yeah well it just, just even made you children. want to be wearing feathers and be a showgirl like what was it that well, you no,
1: it, it gave the it said Champs Elysees dancers so instantly i thought oh paris feathers you, okay, know, you already had that in your mind that
0: that was a thing already
1: had that in my mind um for a show in athens and i thought oh okay we'll try it we'll go for it um but that that's what happened. They don't actually do big feather shows over in Athens. Everything's quite funky because you're, you know, like the dancers for for the singers. You yeah. dance with you know what I mean? So and it was all right because I wasn't I mean, there's a certain technique, isn't there, to be a showgirl, and you learn it as you as you grow. When when you go out, actually, you fall on your feet. You get to the Lido, or you get to the Moulin Rouge, and they teach you how to walk, how to stand. I never had that in my first jobs, um, and it was okay with me because you know I was just out of dance school, so I was quite a strong technical jazz dancer, and I was yeah. just, you know, everything was really, you know. Feisty for me, which a showgirl isn't, is it? It's yeah, more soft yeah. and it's more hip and you've got to learn it, you know, as you go. I'm, I'm sitting here moving as I'm doing it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was okay with it. I just thought, yeah, I, I still love this dancing. I still love um, the routines, the shows that I'm doing. So the only problem, I always remember the first time I wore heels in a show and oh this was terrible. This is a funny story. I rehearsed all the way up until the um actual night of the show in trainers because I refused oh. to wear them. I'd be all right, be fine. I can walk in heels, I can dance, I can do this. And I remember putting them shoes on, and they said, Here, here's your heels. I don't know how many inches they were. Probably
0: like, probably three inches. Like three inches.
1: What you're saying? Maybe showing. three, three and a half. They were hard. Yeah. <laughs> three
0: and
1: a half. And I put them on. I went. I'll be fine. I'm ready. And I went out there and I nearly broke my neck um, because I just <laughs> couldn't get. Honestly, it took me a while. I had, to, and he had me in. The, and that was opening night when you've done nothing for me. This is the the choreographer. You did nothing for me tonight. He says you're my you were my number one in the middle and you let me down. And I was like, oh, God. And that was because of my own selfishness that I wouldn't wear the shoes for rehearsals. I was like, no, I'll be fine. I've done it before. And I hadn't. And that was in the first show.
0: (laughs) That, knowing what heels are like, all of us listening, (laughs) totally can can understand. Like It's like uh, in the movie Bambi. It's like Bambi on ice. Like when you see wonderful dancers. It was
1: was terrible. I felt like I was on stilts. So I I couldn't wait for the show to be over that night. And I remember the next day he had me in making me walk and run and do the show in the hills. And I mean, until I couldn't actually walk anymore. And then I had to go back on that night and it it got better. And then it got better and then it got better. And I thought, oh actually I can do it now. You know? Yeah.
0: I couldn't actually do it now. (laughs) Right. Oh my gosh. But I know like I, I can picture you in the reunion with your, how you are dressed, but you had your trainers on because when we were going up and down those stairs, some of the girls had their heels on and I had my jazz flats because I'm like, I know at 61 with two hip replacements, putting those heels on might be the end of, of, of my whole body. But it's amazing what you could do when you're young. Just the fact that you went from that and you had, you had to learn and your, yeah, your body figures it out and then sticking costumes on top of that and put lights in your eyes it's way harder than people think yeah it is. so how how long did you stay there and did, did the show end or were you just ready to go do something else in Athens I, mm-hmm. I got
1: well I got quite lucky because I had quite a unique look um back then in the 90s I had a, a long mane of red hair so there was quite a few choreographers that used to come and watch the shows and I like that one, I like that one, you know. So they'd pick out their... And they had some very good choreographers over there. So I was picked out after my first show to go back again and do another show. And then after that show, I got picked out by um, the big singers, um, Marinella and Parios, who I was really lucky. Mm. Um, I didn't even have to audition. She just went, I want her. I want Mm. him. I want her. And I was lucky. She said, oh, gosh. So i was lucky to do that and then after that um each show i think they were only sort of like six months long contracts and they would change and then you know i was over there for two years mm. so i did about five five different jobs i finished That's amazing yeah i, I went to patras i was a member there we had a we had a small show in a in a place called volcano was a lovely little show but the stage was tiny and there was no spring in the stage so you know we had constant shin splints that was that was nasty but the place itself was really good um that was a little feather show so that was quite nice yay um yeah no that was it was really good and then i finished off in saloniki um and that stage, you will not believe. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I went, out, "I'm refusing." It was concrete. So, oh my yeah, gosh! I know because it was outdoor, they didn't even have any any tape over it, nothing. So it was quite hard to dance on concrete, but I did it. You know, when you're young, it's just like when you're young, you just don't care. You're just out there doing your thing and having a good time. So <laughs> yeah. It was it was it was good. So I mean and then I came home after two years and that's when I decided, you know, I've done Greece. I actually want to go to Paris now. And I, I'm gonna wait for that audition to come up. And within a few weeks of me being at home, it did. And really? Yeah, I was for the leader or the moulin? Moulin Rouge.
0: So what was that like? What was what was it a big audition, a cattle call or a private?
1: no it was in it was in um
0: London <coughs> excuse me I've got a bit
1: of a dry throat I then you have a bit more of my gin is that okay oh go
0: for your gin there is a time hmm. difference I'm drinking tea you're drinking gin but we are at a nine hour time I'm difference gin, <laughs>
1: she's on the tea. yeah we'll be in the gin
0: later yeah I'll be, I'll be <laughs> in my rum by later tonight no that's funny um what was the question again sorry Oh, the audition. So it was in London. Was it a pineapple studio? Was it a big pineapple audition?
1: Pineapple Studios. Um, Miss Doris uh, took the audition. And uh, I think there was only about six of us, actually, that went really? there. And she taught us the prologue from Dub*. So she taught us the little um, hippie bit that I can still remember to this day. Hmm. Um and then she got us doing cartwheels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she was like that. She said, you have to cartwheel if you're going to come to the moon I said, I can't cartwheel. She said, you can cartwheels. I've done this little bunny hop. And she went, hmm, we can work on it. I said, oh, my gosh. And I thought there and then I went, I haven't got it. There's no way she's going to take me. She said, cartwheels are only on the right." I mean, I was the world's worst at cartwheels. But, you know. When I, when I, surprisingly, I surprised myself. I actually, she said, Yes, I'm going to take you. Um, when when rehearsal started for Can Can, we were there six weeks learning the CanCan before we learned any of the other parts of the show. So we had six weeks Can can-can sh- Can can-can school really? with, um, yeah, Ruggiero. Oh my gosh. And Terry. You
0: know Terry, don't you? I don't think so. What's the last name? Uh, or Trila.
1: So I know that there's a
0: difference between the Mulan Can Can and the Lido. Like the kick, you guys, was it the head drops down and it's like a little bit more of a tilt? Like the kicks are, turn your head. Yeah, because I noticed that between both shows.
1: And the leg, yeah, the leg would go here and you turn your head. We used to turn our head as we did it. There was a technique to the Can Can, to the, to the, um, I always remember the cartwheels. So my first, oh, my first Can Can school Ruggiero, amazing man. I mean, he was, he's, he was the maestro. That's what they used to call him. He's, he's passed on now. Um, bless him. Yeah, Miss Doris has passed on. It's really sad, actually. Not mm. so long ago, I think 2014, she died. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, oh. they're gone. But um, Ruggiero, wow, what a character. He was so strict. Can Can was his can-can was his and i'll tell you if you didn't if you didn't turn up to do the can-can properly in rehearsals with him he would honestly it would come down on you like a ton of bricks but i, I can still hear him he used to go and he do it to our cat does like, it make oh, you what? jolt a little bit and i know i can still hear him doing it saying it to us um yeah, I couldn't cartwheel, so what they used to do, they used to get a belt on us in the beginning, and on the front of the belt would be one hook, on the back of the belt would be another hook, and then they would have a rope, one in front of it, and then a rope on the back of it, and two people standing, and they used to
0: flip you over. Oh, I can see this not working sometimes, too. It
1: did work. It did it worked? work. okay. What did a lot work. of trust. No, it, yeah, trust, yeah. You have to put a lot of trust into it. And I was always scared of falling off the end of the stage, you know, because they used to come, yeah. the stage used to come out the bottom, and we used to have to fly across the stage and do cartwheels. I was always scared I was going to go into the table and onto a table. But anyway...
0: Is there elements, I know there's always a can-can in the Mulan. I don't know if the Lido always has a can-can, but I, I've, I saw both and they're different. Is it something that needs to stay all these years to keep it closer to the original or that it, is there a Mulan thing that every new show, the can-can's in there, but it has, it obviously changes a little bit, but there's things that are always going to be in there. Can-can's that are like a,
1: always going to be in the Moulin Rouge because that is the Moulin Rouge. Yeah. That's what it is. That's that's where it all started with the can-can with la goulou and uh, Fru Fru, everything. It's it's in, you know, the history dates right back to when it first started and that's why they opened the, the the musical just for the French people to come and see the girls do the can-can because it was a naughty dance, wasn't it? You know they were showing their <laughs> knickers, they were showing everything and it was it was thrilling, you know. So, yeah, can-can will always be there there are elements in that can-can that you saw the show, right? Mm-hmm. There's yeah. elements in that can-can that I can identify with and I'll be like, oh, my God, they're still doing that. Oh, my gosh, that's the same. That's the same. Really? So like, Yeah, so yeah. where they cross over and they do the cartwork, used, we used to do that, where they used to make the four in the middle, hold hands yes. and do back. Yes. And put their legs. That's the con- thing. thing. Okay. That's a cathedral. That was called the cathedral. So oh, we used to okay. do that as well. And then when they go round in the circle while they're doing the catusball as well, yeah, it, there's a lot there. The kick line, the oh. kick line isn't there that we used to do, but they have got a kick line. But the music, yeah, the music's virtually the same. It the is virtually the same. Yeah. It will always be. So whenever they eventually get to change their show again, there will be a another can can. It will always be can can.
0: When I was in my twenties, I did my first Bluebell show and I didn't really know I met Bluebell, I auditioned for her, but I didn't really know the history. I knew, I think I barely heard of the Lido. So I wish I had known my history because I learned it since, but then also the reunion, I learned even more and more of how far this goes. But when you were in your twenties there, did you know the rich history of the Mulan? Did they tell you that? Or did you learn no, it, I knew
1: of, it I knew it, because it that's where I wanted to go you know okay it was either the Lido or the Moulin Rouge my heart was set on the Lido but unfortunately I was too small for it <laughs> but never mind
0: did you audition for them or did they even would they even take you for an audition I did audition for
1: them I auditioned after the Moulin I left the Moulin because of a back injury and then I went, um, I thought, oh, I loved Paris so much I didn't want to leave. I thought, I'm going to try. I'm going to go and see if I can do this audition. Hence, I did have a back injury at the time. And, um, yeah, I did pass it. It's just, um, I was too small.
0: Mm. So There's, yeah, I don't two. know. If... I'm
1: 172, and I think the, the minimum height was 174. Or 175.
0: I think they're getting taller. I feel like that's the, the discrepancies. They was very tall, weren't they, when we went to the reunion? So, yeah.
1: so I was one of the smaller ones in the Mulan.
0: So when you were at the Mul, how tall are you? Because oh, I'm trying. I don't know it in meters. One seventy-two
1: like, centimeters.
0: Yeah. So being an American, we never we never bothered to learn the metric system.
1: <laughs> you know in five. Do you, do you know in feet? Yeah, that's what we. Because I yeah. we had been be 5 five. Foot foot, I'm about five foot seven and a half.
0: Okay. Yeah, because I was five, nine, and barely got in as a bluebell with that because I know that that was even in the 80s. So when you were there that full how how long were you there? It was like two years that you were in the in Mulan? Two years, yeah. Three years? Did you do the same show or did it switch over while you were there? No, no, no. I did for me, dub. The whole time?
1: How long did those time. shoes?
0: The shows I feel like the shows were running longer and longer and longer later. Like you yeah,
1: it was very long. It was really long, and I was kind of hoping to get back into go to you know be in the new one, but um, there was no talk of it while I was there. I with a back injury. I just thought you know they're not going to let me be dancers new because my boobs were too small. <laughs> they yeah. need something to look at. So I had I was a dress dancer. So I had to I had to go home and get my chiropractor in before I was ready to go out and find another dancing job, which then took me onto the cruise ships. So.
0: How bad was your back injury? Do you know what it was? Was it just overused? Because um, that can can's yeah. got to kill the body.
1: It's a facet joint problem. I still have it now. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if you know, down the spine you have um, your discs and then you have these little bones that go out the side. So I have down the bottom, one that goes like that it should go out like Uh, that yeah one that's inverted so every now and then when that sort of like I catch it and I can catch it and it you believe it or not it won't even be when I'm teaching spin or when I'm teaching Zumba or aerobics or anything like that it will be something stupid I would literally forget myself I I could bend over just to pick the washing up and then I'm stuck yeah so that's, that's 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 my back problem but I mean
0: touch wood I've been okay. (laughs) Well, it's interesting because I've taught a can can for my dancers and it kills me. Like, but I remember doing so many shows I did. We did a can can, like slamming into the splits. Because I think the Mulan does, I don't know, they do the slam. But I I look at that now and go, how did my body even survive that? Two shows a night, three on Saturday for some shows. But I think the Mulan can can is probably going to be the most abusive and athletic and powerful. So the fact that, like, it's amazing your back wouldn't your back wouldn't be giving you trouble or it's hips. Statement. Basically, yeah. it's a statement.
1: It is this there's only one can and that is it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so were you still did dancing you at more noise? <laughs> my husband cooking. Can you hear the rustling <laughs> of the paper? Oh, yeah.
0: This is this <laughs> is what happened, Zoom with COVID, everybody being indoors. My dogs are now being quiet, but usually there's some kind of chaos for my animals, or yeah. So did you keep dancing after your back injury did it was it a sudden thing or were you just trying to hang well, in no i pain?
1: had i had probably about six months out and i had chiropractor in um i had to rest then it got better and then i got bored <laughs> and yeah. i said my, i need to go and audition so i did and i went and auditioned and uh i was i was happy i got offered a job on a cruise ship so yeah i went to work Wait. for royal
0: royal caribbean for royal okay I worked for Norwegian, but I feel like in the 80s and 90s, there were, like, it was Royal Caribbean and Norwegian and mm. a couple others that were big. Like, they had so many ships and so many shows. Yeah,
1: I was on one before Royal Caribbean. Um, it was a German one, not very well known. It was called the Astor. But um, I don't know if you've probably heard of him. He's quite international now. But uh, Boar Bo- Productions, B-O-R, Steve no. Boar, no. Uh, and Kim Bo- well, unfortunately she's passed on as well, but he's still running the show business side of things. He's he's very successful. And he actually had Marissa as one of his leading girls in a in one of the shows. Um, not on a cruise ship, but he he does them everywhere. So Marissa actually worked with him as well. So I did that before I got onto Royal Caribbean. And then that's when I met
0: my husband. Were you doing it wasn't a are those feather shows or showgirl shows that are a little bit more like reviews, like I remember ours we was, like, did, a, through the we ages. Did,
1: um, we had themed theme shows, actually. So we had Cotton Club, which was really good. Oh, fun. So we were we were dressed as bunny girls and used to come out with uh, little black leotards and bow ties and, you know, with the bow on the back. Lovely costume. Yeah. Um, I'll send you some pictures. Yes. Um, and we had... Uh, country and Western, that was always really funny. I really enjoyed that one. We had uh, musicals, so we used to do like themed ones like from That's Entertainment and Greece and Phantom of the Opera. And then we had like some other jazzy one that we did, but that we were the main thing on the ship. Yeah. So, you know, that was people used to come in and watch the dancing show and just love it. It was great.
0: Mm. Well, where, yeah. where did you port? What was your dock?
1: Oh, I was lucky, yeah. <laughs> I was lucky, yeah. We used to go Florida, round to um, where was it, Stefan? Florida to you know, Miami. Stefan, help me out. Where was the boy, ship? Saint Kitts,
0: Saint Paul,
1: Saint Saint Kitts, Saint Thomas. St. Uh, okay. Uh, Grenade, Grenada. Uh, I think we even went to Barbados. You went on there when we went to Barbados, were you?
0: He got sent off because of me. Oh, really? Yeah. T- so, what, yeah. so what did your husband do on the ship? Because I feel like when I was on the ship, it was always dancers with musicians or dancers was a with the dive instructors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Dancers, okay. Dancers
1: always go for the waiters, don't they? Um, oh, our, yeah, was our waiter career was. And he actually, where he was doing, I don't know how many hours his day was, he was partying too hard when he met me and (laughs) we used to dance all night and then go down to the crew bar and be up until about five o'clock in the morning. And then he'd probably only have an hour's sleep before he got up and served breakfast to the, to the passengers. And he was doing that for a few weeks. And then I think it actually got to him that he was actually so, so tired that one of his superiors came down on him. And because he didn't like what he heard, he came back with, something and he got sent off the ship and it was literally because of me I was in bits I was like that's it <laughs> oh <laughs>
0: my god and so they, I like, what do they think they put all these young people on a ship together with nothing <laughs> to do what do they think is going to happen I know I
1: had to continue I had to continue on my on my travels without him for two months
0: oh so, really yeah, how so long was your I've lost him. did you, how long was your contract on the ship did you do one contract or several no
1: contract it was actually the last contract of that ship i was on the song of norway so it was one of their oh. first um first ships that they had ever made um, and yeah. that then got sold sold to air tours so um oh. when did i get on there probably i think it was october october around february what's that about six months yeah Is it? october october november december January, february maybe it was september i know it was about six months must have been about
0: six months Mm. were you if it wasn't for your husband would you have wanted to stay on and do more of those shows or were you kind of done and ready to do something else no i was totally in love and just couldn't see how
1: i could get a job with him being on the same ship as me and everything and that was it so i gave up
0: yeah do you remember your last show knowing that you might not be dancing that kind of thing anymore no I, I never thought of it like that
1: i always thought i'm going to be a dancer i'm going to carry on but yeah it's funny when when you meet somebody and you just think oh this is it and i knew i was going to marry him so <laughs>
0: yeah how what year did you guys get married huh what? It, when did you get married what year so we met in
1: it's quite quick actually we met in 96 and we were married in september
0: 98 yeah wow um, did you did you move to where he was where were you guys living then because he's he's from paris right and you're from no he's
1: not no no he's not from paris don't let me oh, he, he heard you say that oh. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like paris that much i mean he, he'll oh. visit and he'll, he'll you know he, he wouldn't live there he's a he's a country boy so he's from Bichy.
0: In France, he's French. In France, yeah, oh, okay. in
1: massive central, so it's a uh, Clunyville. Oh, okay. Yeah. So
0: when you got up, did he go back there, and then you got off the ship? Did you also yeah, go there?
1: Yeah, he went back home, and I came back home, and then he came over to visit, and then he went back home again, and we couldn't work out how what we were going to do, and I found him. He was used to working. I mean, he, he worked in the most prestigious places, really silver service, everything. I mean. He worked in some amazing, like, five-star, Michelin-star places. So he was well-trained. And the only way that I could get him back was I found him a little place to work in, which was a small Italian restaurant, which he was just like, oh! oh. You know? It, oh. Was, it was degrading to
0: him, you know? That was he like telling was a- you <laughs> you're going to go work at, like, some tiny little... And then
1: I went to work in a shop and... We worked towards our first mortgage and to get our first house together, so we had to save up for that. Um, yeah, he was he was degraded down, but I mean, good things came from it because um, it was a family friend of mine that owned that restaurant, and then he went into partnership with him, and uh, yeah. and opened another restaurant, which is really which was really successful, and then recession hit which brought him down, unfortunately. So then he went off to work for a couple of good places, but he was working for them instead of working for himself. And now we have our own pub. Uh, which is Really? Pub so that's going really well. Yeah.
0: How so has COVID he's, he's, affected he's you guys? Myself. Huh? How has COVID affected the restaurant business there?
1: Yeah, we're all shut down at the moment. We're hoping that Boris is going to say to us, you can open up on the second so yeah, it's been it's been heavy. It's it's a hard time for all, isn't it? Really?
0: Yeah, yeah. The things that are going away, it's terrifying. What? So did you stop dancing altogether? Did you take class, or did you just kind of leave that no, part I stopped, completely? Completely stopped.
1: You- completely stopped and didn't do anything until I had my second child in two thousand and five. That's when it. I just went, oh, I need to move. I've got to do something. You know. Was it,
0: did you ever return to rocking in your rocking chair? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking, I wonder if it's soothing that brings that back. So what was it? Was it like you missed dancing or you, you missed being in shape? Or like, was there something that got you motivated? Because it's hard when you're raising kids. Usually mom's stuff gets put I went
1: really I went really mumsy. I really did. I, I went out sideways and I went down southwards as well. And I just felt <laughs> like ah, oh, I cannot cope with this. I'm used to being slim and gorgeous. And I just wanted to, I wanted that back. So I think I actually went through my 30s as as a real mumsy mum, you know, real roundy, cuddly mum. And mm. then when I got to my forties, I was just like, oh, I'm gonna sort my body out, and I did.
0: So. How did you do that? Because I know it's actually what you're still doing. So it's, it's actually really, ins- you inspire me and make me feel guilty when I look at your post. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so after I had my second child, um, I decided to become a fitness instructor. And it, it, obviously when you're thinking, I'm going to be a fitness instructor, I'm going to get my body back, I'm going to do this. That means I can eat anything I like. It doesn't actually mean that at all.
0: So right. no
1: amount of exercise that you do is necessarily going to make you skinny because it doesn't work you have to put the diet in as well so I did actually I mean I was a good instructor I did about uh 10 years as a mumsy instructor I would say (laughs) not looking looking great but I mean not actually the physique that you would actually put to a fitness instructor you wouldn't look at me and say god she's fitness instructor She's a bit big, you know. Mm. I, my, I hold my weight on my thighs and, and my hips when I when I put on weight. That's my problem area. So um, I needed to sort myself out. So yeah, I started to eat healthy. I cut out bread. I cut out um, high gluten content. I cut out lots of things, you know. So um, and it worked for me, you know. I drank lots of water. Um, I gave up my gin <laughs> You know, <laughs> was that was like, quite difficult. Yeah, that was quite difficult. I gave up quite a lot of things actually, but it worked for me because I was doing my classes and because I was doing my classes, physically actually doing them, you know, um, to motivate people as well. I do them flat out. Um, that was helping me. so yeah, I had that on my side, so I was able to drop um, two, two or three stone which got me back down to what I was when I was a dancer. Really? Which I am. Yeah, which is what I am now. Oh.
0: Well, I can picture all those pictures from the re- reunion. Yeah, you were tiny and also really toned. When you were dancing, because I know it changed over the decades, like weigh-ins, like I never had to do a weigh-in as a bluebell, but on the cruise ships, we had to do weigh-ins. And I had, I look at those pictures because I don't think we realize like how amazing like our bodies were. Cause you had to have an amazing body to do that. And like, you have to be beautiful to be in those shows. I look at those pictures and I'm like, oh my gosh. But even at at the weight I was at of being told, you know, you're going to get, you have to lose two pounds or something. And then you start obsessing. Did you ever have that as your dance career about working out too much or worrying about your body? Cause I I had,
1: I had a bad experience of that actually. Um, I think um, it was my captain she noticed, uh, this is going back to the Moulin Rouge, um, I got quite contented because, I mean, obviously you make friends, you go out, you party, you have you have drinks and everything. Um, I think I, I actually overstepped my mark with that and I, I did put on a few pounds. And because of that, they turned around, uh, she said, I think you, your bum, she was French, your bum is fat. That's how she said it to me. And I went, oh, I said, what? And that, for me, oh. those words were damaging. No one's ever told me. I've always been Vicky, Miss Slim, and always, you know, perfect figure. She went, you're Burmese fat. And I just was like, oh, my God. She said, you need to do something. I'm going to measure you in two weeks. You need to do something. If you don't lose it, then you're out of shape. I was like, what? Wow. Yeah so I was I was devastated I was in bits I was in tears and that there's all of us going getting and this was just before the finale I don't know if you saw for me that but we had a great big fan on our back one side uh, it's like an angel wing one side was white one side was red so we used to do this fan effect it was really pretty where we used to bow and it would be red and white and then suddenly it'd be white and red you know it it was amazing oh and I'm thinking, I'm going on the stage to do my finale. I've just had an amazing show. I've enjoyed myself so much. And she just burst my bubble. And I thought, oh, my bum's fat. My bum's fat. Uh-huh. And I got real complex about it, you know. Yeah. And that's quite damaging to someone who, who, who actually believes that they're slim all their life. And, and it did damage me. And do you know what? I said, I need to do something. I don't want to go home. I love this too much. I want to stay where I am. So I spoke to one of the girls. Who <laughs> had been in the show longer than me, and uh, I asked, "You know, I need to lose weight for two weeks." Oh, she says it to everybody. Don't worry, you'll be fine. She said, "But you know, there is a quicker way." And I was like, well, "What way is that?" She goes, "Well, after you eat, you can stick your fingers down your throat." Ah, um, I was like, "Well, I can't do that." You know,
0: yeah, I'm so glad I can't do
1: that. Um, yeah, but it did. It came to that. It so, did. Uh, it did come to that and yeah yeah, and I started to do it and I just got in a way of doing it and yeah yeah, it's damaging isn't it and I don't think people realize what dancers do go through and I don't think they actually realize how damaging it is to say just one thing like you're overweight or you don't look right or you know it really does bring you down and I was I was a mess and the, the the other way that I went as well, another dancer told me, oh, there's this great doctor down Rue Fontaine. You've got to go and see him. He will laser um, the cellulite off of your bum, which I didn't really have any. I mean, I was 20.
0: Yeah, right. Okay?
1: But I was under the impression that my bum was that big. I had to do something about it. And he'll give you some pills. Well, I never asked him what the pills were. Um, but all I knew was I had to take 16 a day uh, it turned out that they were water pills. So I got myself really ill where I was fainting and falling over all the time and passing out and not got any of the energy to do anything. So I, I I built up a reputation of being ill for a few months, which didn't sort of like go down very well with Doris or the rest, you know, my captain and everything. Yeah. I got super skinny. I mean, super, super oh. skinny. So it was, um, yeah. I kind
0: of damaged my health that way, I think. Yeah, and it's you just know? like one one thing said like that, but it's, I mean, you could say that to someone who could just put more clothes on and that still is damaging what, what especially women are told about their body. But if you are basically in a G-string, you can't hide it. So you even feel more exposed. I think the damage runs even deeper. And like those are things I think people are talking about more now because on the cruise ships, I was 130 and I'm five foot nine. I was told I'd to be 120. I'm not sure how that translates to, pounds for you. But I, I look at those pictures. I was really thin, but all the rest of the girls did speed. They would take drugs, stay up all night and party, drink and eat. And I just wasn't again. Yeah. Yeah. And so I didn't want to do drugs because I have so much addiction and mess in our family that I didn't do that. So I would just go in my cabin. They'd all go out party and they'd go to midnight buffet, but it was, I never had been told I was overweight. And I know that that's still part of in my psyche of, you know, like sometimes we overeat because we're going to like, it's kind of like a fuck you. I'm going to do what I want yeah, to do. And you almost go the other way.
1: Absolutely. One. But yeah, I used to binge but, and it was kind of, it was, it was quite sad. I used to binge, binge, binge and go, Oh my God. I mean, fingers were done and that was it. And I used to, yeah. that's it. It's not going on. That's how I used to deal with it. So I, I would say um, it has damaged me. It, even to this day, I only I only have to put a pound or two on. If I go on my scales, I, if I put a pound or two on, I'm like, oh, that's it. And I get, it's in me. It's in me and yeah. I can't help it. It's, yeah. it's, it's there it's and the it will always be there and it's there to stay. And uh, I I actually annoy the life out of my husband. I annoy the life out of my mum. I'm like, mum, I've put on two pounds. She goes, oh, well, you just go away. You know, there's other people that are bigger than you, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's a real big deal to me. If I put on two pounds, it's two pounds. It's two bags of sugar, and that's, right. that's the way I look at it. I mean, people listening to this might think I'm crazy, but that is what that episode. All those I think years dancers ago, totally has get to it. It's done to my head, and I, will, I can't. <sighs> I can't snap out of that.
0: Yeah, I think the power think, of words that are that people have no idea what what that damage yeah, is still in there.
1: When, when, when people say, if I'm introduced or meeting new people, they say, oh, what did you used to do? What, you know?" And you say, I was a dancer in the Moulin Rouge. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, yes, you can tell, you know, immediately. Right. But if I said it when I was in my 30s and I was going for my mum'sy stage and everything, they're like, you never were a dancer in the Moulin Rouge. Goodness sake, don't be daft. I was like, yes, I was. Mm. of course you know so there (sighs) was so it's kind of like that that's why I wanted to be fabulous in my 40s and you know I'm nearing the end of my 40s I'm 48 now so got to you've Mm. just got to maintain it I mean that's just the way I think Uh, people listening to this might think god she's really sort of like into herself (laughs) I'm not it's just I, I want to keep what I had all those years ago when I was a showgirl I just want to keep up. Yeah. You know. That's
0: definitely like, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There is like your worth really is in your body. Cause you can be a great dancer. And if you put on a weight, you can't, you know, you're going to get fired. So I think, I think a lot of us struggle unless people never dealt with that. But I think every dancer, like, you know, even though you're over the holidays, you ate a lot. And like how my G string is kind of hanging over my belly's hanging over my G string a little bit. There's no yeah. hiding any of this. There's nowhere to tuck anything in or cover yeah. anything and so it's, we're we're extremely exposed not just literally literally did how did you stay in that situation with your back injury when you left or did the binging stop while you were there No, oh, my mum,
1: my mom's quite she's shit hot on everything you know so she kind of knew when she picked me up from when she came and got me from the airport she was like oh my god you're too skinny what have you been doing? And you know, that you just can't lie to your mum, can you? So, yeah. you know, you'd say, okay, I've been doing this. Well, that's not good, is it? And she would, the first thing, she would just make sure that, she used to just sit me at the table and make sure I ate everything. Mm. So it wasn't a case of anorexia. I think it was the other one, what was it called? Yeah, bulimia?
0: Yeah, bulimia.
1: So um, it was more that, I mean, I didn't, I, anorexia is something completely different, isn't it? It's where you, you take the food out and you just hide, you don't eat anything. So yeah, yeah there was, there was things like that, but I mean, my mum was quite hot on it. So she used to, when I was home for that chiropractic, she, she fattened
0: me up a bit. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Well, I think even what it does to your, your bones, like the purging, it's just, I mean, all that's so hard on your Bones that you need. You're trying to heal your back, but also that's going against you. Yeah. Oh, were you? Did you have a last show, or or for the Moulin Rouge, or you were just kind of like, I'm done. I have I to go. I didn't have a
1: last show. No, I just. I mean, I had time off. My back was hurt to me so badly, so I had time off, and I think it was a. Uh, I was. I couldn't afford the rent on my flat. So a couple of other dancers said, come and live with us and stay with us. So I stayed in Paris for probably, it was probably a month I was out of work. And um, I was getting my sick pay and everything. So I don't know what they called it. But my back wasn't healing and it wasn't getting better. And I just thought, I can't do this can-can anymore. I cannot do it. I cannot physically do it. This is going to kill me. But I'm going to have to go. And talk to Miss Doris and say, unless you can help me and make me a dancer's nude, I'm gonna have to leave. And she wouldn't let me do it because, like I said, my boobs were too small, and they they like them a bit big and round. Which
0: is different. The Lido and the mulan for topless is different standard, right? like Yeah, the but not I mean, are...
1: they're small these days. When I was looking at the show, I was like, wow.
0: Oh. Yeah, I <laughs> could have done
1: that. Yeah, I could have done that. You know, yeah, but so I mean, because the... I think I got so skinny literally i had lost everything and i mean there's not much of me i don't know if you can see but i mean that's me now there's there's never been anything much there so when i got super skinny i think they're probably looking at a couple of disciplines on a sideboard (laughs) Mm.
0: (laughs) (laughs) so when you're doing this workout because i watched your videos and they're super inspiring do you feel like you have a different because uh, I know those tapes stay in our brain like that we have to be a certain way but is there a different relationship with your body now that you know you're getting close to 50 and you're no longer wearing a g-string does it feel different how you are in your body or do you feel when like you I'm, still have to achieve I'm, that like how you are now like when you're doing your fitness and your zumba and you're you look amazing like but also you like to, like show, to show up, show up. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah I always like to show up I'm always pulling faces I'm always making jokes um yeah, I do. I, I like to. I like to kick my legs up. Still, they still go up. So I keep. I keep myself quite supple. You know, I stretch every day. I do my thing. So yeah, I like. I like the fact that people do my classes because they know my background. You know, so some people they come on, they do the zumba, they do um, bits of it. Oh, you've got to do it with Vicky because she used to be a dancer, and it's so fun, and she's so funny, and you know, it used to be great. So, you know,
0: I need to turn that down definitely. Um that's kind of like a performance too, because I was telling you, I I taught Zumba with a friend of mine who was also a bluebell dancer. So I feel like it it is a little bit of a performance. It's not like just teaching aerobics. Like there, you still get to have that part of what was fun on stage in a different way. Well, then Zumba, you could totally like go for the whole costume, basically. They got fringe on things and all the colors. And like I feel like Zumba kind of like, you get to still feel like a performer or a dance dancer in a different way I do
1: I mean like for me every class that I teach is like a performance really
0: Hmm.
1: so that's the way I am I'm so sorry for the noise in the background but I've got a Frenchman cooking at the minute (laughs) that doesn't sound too bad I I would you know what they're like he's
0: like the chef's out he's like the chef out the market he's got every
1: (laughs) pot and pan going (laughs) oh my
0: gosh Vicky, I would love if I could have a French man here cooking for me, I would not complain. <laughs> okay, I've got a move away. You're making
1: too much noise. I'm getting angry we're here. We're
0: here. We're I'm we're getting angry. Ready. Well, we're nearly done. Oh
1: we'll just put <laughs> <He's> patient.
0: <laughs> well, we're when we're gonna wrap up here in just a few minutes, but I is there anything that really stands out about the Moulin Rouge of your experience there and being in Paris? Like also just connecting to that did you know the Lido dancers did you the cast know each other and hang out together or, or do anything together
1: the the cast when I was there you
0: mean yeah between the Moulin Rouge and the Lido de Paris yeah, and, and we the used Crazy
1: Horse we, we used to go we used to go to this little club called Sankiam Avenue we used to meet up and we knew every, everybody knew everybody so it was, it was a nice little community actually everyone looked out for each other you know, mm. even the attractions and everything that used to that used to be in the shows with us, they used to come with us. And it I never felt unsafe, put it that way. Yeah. And um it was probably the most brilliant job out of my dance career that I ever had. And I'm proud to say that I did that and I got to dance on one of the most famous stages in the world, you know. Oh, so not many people can say that.
0: Right. And I love I feel like when I on my Facebook thing, I never put dancer on there. Like I teach I have a dance studio, but I started seeing women our age that were those either the Lido or the Moulin Rouge putting their older pictures on and putting that as their career, even though it was years ago, I'm like, oh yeah. That is that's part, it. that's a big part it of life. it. Yeah, I have it. It online. makes me want to put it on there because I think it's something so it. worthy <laughs> of of being proud of. Like knowing, I think hearing the more stories I do with the podcast too of how unusual it is to be hired for that so it's you know how many dancers yeah. in the world and do how it, many actually it, it. get to get to say they were bluebell or a or doris dancer so do you have uh-huh. anything that stands out of uh, in particular of your time there of, of being in the moulin rouge
1: just just an amazing time really just uh, i always remember seeing marissa dance for the first time and thinking wow oh my gosh she's beautiful just She was my inspiration and I was lucky that I built up a really good friendship with her and got Mm. quite close with her and was able to hang out with her and speak with her. And, you know, we used to have parties and, you know, everybody was just really friendly. It was just a real good time. Um, Her, probably Stephanie as well. She was the second uh, soloist after Marissa incredible dancer i think for me it was always marissa though she was
0: you know what fantastic. she listens to this podcast because she reached out to me after uh, i did her sister oh, well, karina i'm
1: gonna say hi to her she's gonna be it, amazed that i'm being interviewed about it all but yeah um marissa and she's still doing it and she's still incredible yeah. and she still looks the same so she and in her is interview
0: we interviewed her when her show was getting ready to open because it was yeah. such a big deal with COVID that shows are coming back. But in her interview before, she talked about the people that she looked up to, that yeah. there were the principles when she started and how she had this admiration. But it was harder for her to hear that other people saw her that same yeah, way absolutely. as this one. I,
1: I so wanted to do it as well. I so wanted to learn that parry-parry number. I think she actually she started to teach it to me I just never got there. I don't know what happened. I just think I think I messed it up a little bit, you know, because I was always ill. There was always something wrong with me, you know. Yeah. Um, I got myself in a terrible state with the with the weight and everything. So I think that maybe had a big impact on it. But um she will and she always will remain my inspiration from the Moulin Rouge. Mm. So I, I would say that it's probably her. Yeah, absolutely. From the first moment that I saw her dance,
0: I was just starstruck. Oh, that, I think what's been nice of these interviews is there's so many people that are reconnecting or they have somebody they can thank that inspired them. Or, and it's almost everybody's interview. There's someone that encouraged them. And there's so many stories of somebody that said something that was devastating that mm. could have made people just stop like you you know if you're told you're too tall or you don't have the right technique or you shouldn't audition or I mean there's always negative but it's just interesting of there's those other people that inspire to help change that story in our head instead of like you know your bum's too too big you know that could have yeah. just been the, that could have been the end of your dance career and that's what's amazing is to see what people do but it, to, didn't. it just
1: it just got better and better after that so yeah. you know and i am i'm a, i am where i am today and i'm i'm lucky you know i've got i've got my fitness still i can still do things i can still dance you know just need mm. to lose lose a few
0: wrinkles and i'll be okay <laughs> it's hard to tell you but the wrinkles get more going this direction
1: i've got every cream going every gadget <laughs> going i'm telling you there's nothing yeah. i'm not doing i've got a roller for my neck <laughs> my husband lays in bed and laughs his head off at me every night He's like, what are you doing now? <laughs> like that, We're this the thing. so now someone sent me face yoga so i'm going to start doing face yoga now oh yeah okay
0: yeah because yeah. i i'm actually a myofascial i do myofascial now look yeah because <laughs> all that is collagen that just dries out yeah keeping you the stretch your
1: face out you have to do that and you just have to hold it that's it <laughs> Because.
0: <laughs> uh, potato. You know, what's interesting though, at the reunion is to see, you know, we've all aged and put heels on, like you used to be able to run in heels. I mean, at the end of the night, my feet were killing me, but it was so fun to get dressed up, but to see these women who are aging so beautifully, wrinkles, gray hair, whatever it was. But what stood out to me was the posture is we've learned how to really pull up. And I think, you know, that changes how your face looks. You can you can tell, and if you're slumped forward, the wrinkles are different, but even if we're gonna age beautifully and gracefully, there's something of that posture that we learn. that you could pick all the dancers out on the Champs Elysees, oh, oh, dancer, dancer, dancer. 80, yeah, 20 yeah. years you old, could didn't see them. You
1: could see them, if you didn't know anybody, you could see them walking down to the leader and go, that's a dancer, that's a dancer, that's a dancer, that's a dancer. Yeah. You know, it's just the way you carry yourself, isn't it? Yes, have, I think you, you have re- a certain style.
0: Yeah. So wrinkles be damned. So uh, as we end, is there anything that, with that reunion that maybe sparked something up in you that made you realize how fabulous you were? Uh,
1: I was, you know, I was so happy just to be there and really to share it with my dancing teacher, you know, because she's the one that taught me to dance. From from little and even though nobody actually they thought we were sisters I mean can you believe that she's (laughs) she's 64 and she looked incredible she looked probably about the same age as me I mean she's she's unbelievable um yeah just to share it with her it was you know that was magical watching her face as she watched the shows and everything and just for her to say to me, gosh, I taught you to do that. It, you know, for me that was that was something amazing. Oh. That was something precious. Yeah, I that that was the reunion was incredible. And of course, obviously meeting old friends and making new friends as well, such as yourself. Um, yeah, it was it it was just quite emotional. It was spectacular, it really was. Mm-hmm. And just can't wait for the next one. I just hope I look like this on the next one.
0: <laughs> I know, Lindsay, whoever putting it together, do it soon while we still look okay. <laughs> yeah, while we still look good, please do it soon, not taking his
1: time, please.
0: <laughs> there is something of uh, as we end that's so fun is to hear the beginning of you on a rocker. That gets you into dance class. That ends with you on that stage with your dance teacher, seeing you, you find with, that do funny, that. Huh? I love <laughs> it. It just shows the beauty of our story. Like, who would have known? Like, watching you at birthday parties, rocking. Like, you know what? That girl's gonna dance on the Moulin Rouge stage someday. <laughs> like,
1: well, I would never. I would never, never. Have said that. I knew I was going to dance, but I, didn't, I would never have dreamt that I would have got there. But I know yeah, I was That's lucky to be one of the one of the few that did. So, yeah. You know, I've got it's a, a privilege. History, I've got a history to tell
0: my grandchildren, haven't I? Oh, my gosh. So uh, as we end, does your husband share his food that he cooks?
1: He does. He's doing He's doing courgettes at the moment. We have fish tonight. So, yeah. I'm
0: so hungry. He
1: does. He's so <laughs> hungry. He's a really good cook.
0: Oh, that With listening. He's French. Like-
1: Oh, lucky He does you. the most amazing roast beef. He does the most amazing things with food. It's incredible. So I'm very lucky.
0: <laughs> wow, and then you, that working out makes sense. Of, but yeah, if you we, eat, well, if you eat good, healthy French, we've been married 22 years, so you know it's working. Vicky, this was wonderful. I'm so glad that when I said, "Well, I met, no," I really do want to interview you, even though you weren't a bluebell because you were. You danced. We danced together on that Lido well, stage. We're all we're all the same. And the Moulin Rouge are the stories I really wanted to hear because it's, it's different. Yeah. So, well, I
1: hope I made you smile.
0: <laughs> oh, you so did. So I will, uh, we'll end this, but we will post some pictures so everybody can see you in your glory with your red mane and with the feathers and any other show pictures yeah. you want to do because I think what we're loving is getting to reminisce with each other of seeing the photos and going, you know what, that you was spectacular. To you, you
1: want me to send you some pictures.
0: Yeah. Oh yes. And we will share them and everybody can go. Oh yeah, those were the days. Do you need me to write
1: where they're from? I mean, you might work it out anyway. Yeah, yeah. Either way,
0: either way. Well, go enjoy a wonderful meal with your uh, French husband, who's a chef. Lucky you! And we will see each other probably the, the next fans. reunion, and we will go yeah. maybe have a, a a gin and something somewhere on the Champs Elysees at the next one.
1: Oh, definitely! You and me are going to party at oh.
0: Oh, you know it absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you, Melissa and, uh, Melissa, I actually got that wrong. Vicky. I was thinking of Marissa. Thank you so much for doing this and stay well, stay healthy. And uh, I love that body that you were given.
1: I know, but you know what? We've both got Marissa on the brain. So you know <laughs> that's how inspiring she is.
0: Okay. Well, we will tell her that and reach out to her and that will be good for her to hear too.
1: And just oh, know so that lovely. you're
0: also doing that. You're inspiring other people. So it, it gets passed down that we start to inspire the next ones coming up. i do the best I can. i do the best I can. Yeah, I think it's happening. All right. Be well, my friend.
1: You too. It's lovely seeing you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Take care.
1: Bye-bye.